Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five. Four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you are listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, you're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of who? The rich and the super duper successful. So we can become the rich and the super duper successful. All right. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, the art and science of asking questions is the source of all knowledge and that's from thomas berger the title of today's show is better questions equal better answers equals a better life all right and that's what we're all striving for a better life in order to get to that better life we need to start asking ourselves some better questions because once we start asking ourselves better questions we are going to start to come up with those better answers and we will eventually have that better life all right I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website at www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. And for those of you that are on Facebook and would like to join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group, just do a search for Power in a Half Hour, and we would love to have you in our group, all right? If you're in the United States, for all my listeners in the United States that would love to get my morning text messages, all you have to do to get them for free is text the letters BBD to 411247. Text the letters BBD to 411247. And if you have not had an opportunity to download my book, you can get it for absolutely free at www.repeataftermebook.com. All right. We have an absolutely amazing show. So let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Ann Beeler. Now, Anne was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and grew up on a 100-acre farm. Her parents were a part of a traditional Amish sect, and they used horse and buggies. They eventually joined a more modern sect that was known as the Black Car Amish because it allowed people to drive cars as long as the cars were black. There were eight kids in her family, and they were able to have electricity to milk the cows and use in the house for necessities, but they were not allowed to watch TV or listen to the radio. Anne never went to college, but through the structure that she grew up under, she knew how to be disciplined, create teamwork, and most importantly, persevere. This set her up to be a future entrepreneur. Anne got married at the age of 19 in 1968. They were a happy couple, and Anne's biggest dream was to become a mom in which she would go on to have two daughters. Now, in 1975, seven years after she got married, tragedy struck when one of her daughters was killed accidentally by a tractor on their farm. 
Anne's life turned upside down. Now, Anne and her husband weren't able to emotionally connect, so she sought counseling with a pastor outside of her community. For six years, she endured in an abusive sexual relationship with the pastor, living in guilt and shame. Eventually, the pastor was caught and his pastor's license would be revoked when his behavior with several women came to light. In 1982, when Anne began a life again with her husband, they were living paycheck to paycheck. Her husband was a mechanic, and during their marital crisis, he studied to become a marriage and family counselor. He wanted to offer counseling services for free to their community, but they needed income. Anne told him, since you stayed with me despite all I've done, why don't you do what you want and I'll go to work? Now, a friend told her that an Amish-owned store selling pretzels, ice cream, and pizza in the farmer's market was for sale. The owners only wanted $6,000 for the store. Anne was blown away by the price because she knew that those types of stores could generate anywhere from $25,000 to $200,000 a year, depending on the location. Anne and her husband had no money, so they borrowed $6,000 from her husband's parents. They cleaned and painted the store for three days and opened it on February 2nd, 1988. Now, at one point during the day, Anne stood there and thought to herself, why did I do this? I don't think I can do this. Then a guy came into the store with flowers from her husband. The note said, you can do this, honey. Go for it. Anne said that along the way, whenever she thought that she couldn't do something, there was always someone there to help encourage her. Now, it's so important for you to have people in your life that help to encourage you instead of tearing you down. Now, what if she would have had a husband that said, you know what, I think it's going to fail. She probably would have quit. But because she had a supportive, encouraging husband, she said, you know what, he's probably right. I can do this. And she continued on. Now, over the first two days, they made $875 and they were thrilled. They sold pretzels and pizzas and over the next six weeks, Anne took the recipes from the previous owners and changed them to fit her taste. From the morning they launched the new recipe, the first customer to take a bite looked at them and said, this is amazing. From that point on, they had to bring in more help and buy more ovens. They got rid of the pizza and sold only the pretzels. The only marketing that they did was to give away samples. Their revenues rose to $2,000 each weekend. They were selling the pretzels for $0.55 cents each or $3,4.50. They were selling them by the dozen. Now, at the time, Anne hadn't even named the store as of yet. She had 30 nieces and nephews, and a friend said, Everyone calls you Auntie Anne. Why not name it that? So the name became Auntie Anne's Soft Pretzels. The store became so successful that they would start a second store. In 1988, the two stores combined hit almost $100,000 in sales, which was more money than she had ever seen in her life. Auntie Anne's was selling to a lot of business people, and they wanted to sell pretzels elsewhere. Anne kept saying, no, because she was happy with the stores. Finally, her husband said, I think God is telling us there's something here we need to do. Let's get out the way and see what can happen. In 1989, they allowed friends and family to build 10 stores under a licensing agreement. The agreement said that they would get a $2,500 upfront fee, which was used to build the store for the licensee, and 4% of the gross sales for using her recipes and her name. 
This was the structure that they used until a licensee suggested using a franchise agreement. By the time they set up the franchise agreement, they had 75 locations in several states. Now, this is a store that they started with $6,000. They didn't even have the $6,000 to get started. They had to borrow the money from her husband's parents, right? One store. Now, all of a sudden, two, three years later, they have 75 stores in several different states. And wanted to expand the stores and create five regions with a company-owned store in each region. She needed $1.5 million to do it, but banks turned her down. And would find an Amish farmer who would lend her the $1.5 million they would need on a handshake. This farmer became their angel investor and would continue to lend them money over the next 10 years. By 2003... Annie Ann's was a full-fledged corporation franchiser with 150 employees and had taken the company to a level that she had never imagined. She was physically wore out and couldn't continue on, so she sold the company to her second cousin in 2005. Annie Ann's currently has over 1,500 locations around the world in shopping malls and Walmart stores, as well as non-traditional retail spaces, including universities, parking rest areas, airports, travel plazas, amusement parks, and military bases. Since selling the business, Anne has written two books as well as become a speaker. Let's now take a look at some of Anne's lessons of success. Now, this is such an amazing story. Here it is, this lady never went to college, really had no business experience, and started with no money. She had to borrow the $6,000 from her husband's parents, and she was able to build a business that today has over 1,500 locations all over the world. Let's look at her secrets to success. Number one, Anne said she had no formal education, capital, or business plan but they practice what she calls the three small P's. They started with a purpose, which was her husband counseling and helping people. Remember, she said that she would go out there and work since her husband stood by her, right? Because he wanted to counsel and help people for free. So that was their purpose. They had a product that supported their purpose. Then they got the people to do it. The three small P's in that order result in the big P, which is profit. She says that if you stay true to your values and purpose, you will get to the profit. All right? You will get to the profit. But you got to focus on those three small P's first. Number two, tell the truth even if it hurts. Now, at one point, the franchise department had given a franchisee 10 locations at once, including one she had promised to someone else. Anne explained the mistake and asked the franchisee to give up that one location. He said no, but changed his mind the next morning because he wanted to work with the company and he wanted to do the right thing. The results benefited the entire company. Number three, give till it feels good. Anne says that you should give of yourself, your time, your energy, and your belief in your employees. We had a profit-sharing program, and every single employee got part of the profit every year while she was running the company. That's how you build a successful company. You need great employees to build a successful company. And if those employees feel like they're getting a part of the profit, they're going to work hard. They're going to work hard like it's their business because it is partly their business. And number four, 
have faith in God. Anne says that it will make you dig deeper and become a better leader. To overcome adverse circumstances, you have to learn to overcome your own hang-ups, values, and idiosyncrasies in order to value other people, cultures, and ideas. Profile number two, Theodore Johnson. Now, Theodore was born in 1902 to a middle-class family. In 1923, at the age of 21, he started working at UPS. At the time, his salary was $25 a week. Now, this is the equivalent of $357 in $2017. While working at UPS, a friend of his approached him and talked to him about saving and investing his money. He told a friend that he couldn't save anything because he doesn't make enough money. So many people say that today. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter how much money you are making or aren't making. Either you save or you don't save. If regardless of how much money you're making, you can always choose to save some portion of that money. Now, the friend then reminded him that if there was a new law that the government raised taxes another 20%, he would probably scream, cry, and complain, but he would have to pay that money, right? So his friend told him to create a tax increase of 20 so to speak, in his paycheck. Theodore had 20% of his paycheck go to an investment account and he just pretended it was an increase in his taxes. Theodore used the 20% savings to reinvest in UPS. Theodore would continue to advance in the company as he worked for UPS for the next 29 years. When Theodore retired in 1952, at the age of 50, he worked his way up the corporate ladder to being an executive for the company, making $14,000 a year, which would be equivalent of $127,000 in 2017 money. Now, after Theodore retired, he allowed his money to continue to work for him by continually reinvesting in UPS. In 1990, 30 years after retiring, Theodore's investment was now worth over, are you ready for this? $70 million. $70 million. You heard correct. This man who started out making $25 a week or the equivalent of $357 a week in today's money and retired making $14,000 a year or the equivalent of $127,000 in today's money was worth $70 million, 38 years after his retirement. That's absolutely amazing. Now, when Theodore retired, he had bought as much UPS stock as he possibly could over those years, and his stock was worth $700,000. Now, over the next 38 years, his investment increased 10 thousand percent now even with this enormous wealth theater lives as humble and simple as possible instead of living an extremely extravagant lifestyle theodore has chosen to give the majority of his fortune 36 million dollars away theodore says that there are so many kids that can't go to college and he wants to help those in need much of the scholarship money will go to students from middle-class families who may fail to qualify for government aid financially or academically, but whose families cannot afford to send them to college. The rest will help poor students, the deaf, and American Indian students. What an absolutely amazing story. Here it is. This man started off at the bottom at UPS, 
not making too much money at all, right? $25 a week, which is equivalent of $357 a week now, right? Not only did he work his way up the company, he saved 20% of his every single one of his paychecks, right? Not only did he just save the money, but he reinvested the money back in the company. So not only did he make that percentage off of everything that he saved, right? The company, fortunately, he was part of a great company that continued to increase as well. By the time this man was 90 years old, his savings turned into 70 million dollars this story right here really really stresses the importance of making sure that we save because here's the thing we all can say that you know what there's no way we could save we're just making enough money to survive from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck and theodore thought the same thing too until he changed up some things and he figured out a way to be able to save 20 percent of his income what would you do with an extra 70 million dollars <laughs> what an absolutely amazing story Anyway, it was Tony Robbins who said successful people ask better questions and as a result, they get better answers. The kind of questions you ask yourself determine the kind of life you lead. This is because your questions trigger its own set of answers, which lead to certain emotions, which then lead to certain actions or inactions followed by results. If you ask yourself limiting questions, you will get limited results. If you ask yourself mind-opening, forwarding questions, you gain a lot more out of them and a lot more out of life. Some people like to ask questions like, why am I so unlucky? Or what if I had done this earlier? And why am I always in such a situation? Because these questions are backwards looking, the answers you get with them will naturally be disempowering. On the other hand, when you ask yourself questions like, what can I do differently to progress? Or what can I learn from this experience? Or what am I grateful for? These are empowering questions that will provoke you and cause you to think, which will put you on a path to a better life. These questions will help you to take a good look in the mirror and self-reflect. If you're a person that doesn't take a lot of time to self-reflect, you might at first get stumped by these questions, but don't allow that to stop you. It's very normal. Take as much time as you need. What's the most important thing is that you actually answer all the questions and reflect over them, which in turn will push you towards action. If you haven't already, please go get a notebook or a piece of paper and a pen right now. Don't focus on answering all the questions. Just write them down and commit to taking your time to answer all these questions and allowing your answers to guide you to the successful life that you deserve, all right? So make sure you have a pen and paper and write down these questions and make sure that you commit to answering them. Question number one, what are you most grateful for in life? I always say that the simplest way to get more out of life is to be grateful for what you already have. Now, before I start anything, I always start with gratitude every morning. The first thing that I do is focus on the people and things that I'm most grateful for. And I also journal a list of five to 10 things that I am currently grateful for. Write down as many things as possible that you are grateful for, even if it's something that may not have manifested yet in the physical. Here's the trick right? Let's say it's something that you want to happen. Practice being grateful for that thing already, even though it has not manifested as of yet. All right. So question number one, let me repeat it. 
What are you most grateful for in life? Number two, what are the most important things to you in life? Now, it's important for us to constantly remember what's most important to us because these are the people and or the things that will motivate us and to help keep us going when we get wore out and we feel like quitting. So question number two, what are the most important things to you in life? Or you can put things or people to you in life. Number three, what are you passionate about? Let me repeat that. Number three, what are you most passionate about? Generally, the answer that you give here will be exactly what you should be doing or is closely related to how you should be spending the majority of your life doing if you want to live a fulfilling life. All right. Number three, what are you passionate about? Number four, what are your values? What do you represent? Let me repeat that. What are your values and what do you represent? Now, this question will help you to identify your code of behavior, your code of conduct. Once you have an established code of behavior or value system, you will know how to act at all times, never compromising yourself. All right, let me repeat number four. What are your values and what do you represent? Number five, what qualities do you want to embody? Where can you meet people who embody these qualities? This is very, very important, all right? Like I always say, you become the average of the people that you spend the most time with. So if you want to have certain qualities, the best thing to do is hang around people that have those same qualities, all right? Let me repeat that. Number five, what qualities do you want to embody and where can you meet people who embody these qualities? Number six, who are some of the people who inspire you the most? All right, I want you to take a little time and think about the people that you look up to, the people that you admire. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's some friends. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's someone that you've never, ever met before. It doesn't matter. Just write down a list of the people who inspire you the most. All right, number six, who are some of the people who inspire you the most? Number seven, how could you embody the qualities you admire most in these people? Now, maybe it's someone that you don't know everything about their life, so you don't want to be exactly like who they are, but they do have some qualities that you want to embody or that you like. So write these down. All right. Number seven, how could you embody the qualities you admire the most in them? Number eight, who are the five people you spend the most time with? Who are the five people that you spend the most time with? This might be one of the most important questions. It's like the old saying goes, if you hang around five rich or successful people, guess who will be the sixth? That's right. You guessed it. You will. If you hang around five unsuccessful or broke people, guess who will be the sixth? That's right. You guessed it again. You will. It's very, 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 very important that you monitor who you spend your time with. Let me repeat that. Number eight, who are the five people that you spend the most time with? Number nine, are the people around you helping or hurting you? Now, here's the thing. Some of you may want to answer neither, but this is it. If they aren't helping you, if these people that you're spending your time with aren't helping you, they are hurting you. 
Let me repeat that. If these people that you spend the most time with aren't helping you, they are hurting you. Let me repeat number nine. Are the people around you helping or hurting you? Number 10, what limiting beliefs are you holding on to and are they helping you achieve your goals? Now, some of you may want to know what a limiting belief is. Let me give you an example. So some examples of limiting beliefs may be I'm too young or I'm too old or I can't achieve my goal because of my race or my gender or because I don't have enough money. All of those are limiting beliefs. One of the main reasons why I do the profiles at the beginning of the calls is so that you can hear these people that have come from situations that are very similar to yours or maybe even worse, and they were able to succeed. So once you hear those situations, right, once you hear those stories, then now you got to get rid of those limiting beliefs because if someone else did it that came from a, a situation that was similar to you, that means you can do it as well. Right. So we can't hold on to those excuses anymore because someone else proved it wrong. All right. So number 10, what limiting beliefs are you holding on to and are they helping you achieve your goals? More than likely, if it's a limiting belief, they are not helping you to achieve your goal. So you need to get rid of them. Number 11, what empowering beliefs can you take on to help you achieve your goals? This ties in with the last question. One of the empowering beliefs is, if so-and-so can do it, so can I. If Auntie Anne's can do it, so can I. Why can't you do it? If Theodore was able to save 20% of his income when he was only making $25 a week, so can I. That's an empowering belief that can help you. Or I don't need more money to start my business. I need to just think more creatively. Because what you realize is that most people that started really successful businesses didn't have a whole lot of money when they got started. All right? So let me repeat number 11. What empowering beliefs can you take on to help you achieve your goals? Number 12. What bad habits do I want to break? Each and every single one of us has some bad habits. Start writing them down. That's the only way that you're going to get rid of them. Number 12, what bad habits do I want to break? Number 13, what good habits do I want to cultivate? Once you get rid of the bad habits, you need to have something to take its place. So you better have a list of some of these good habits. Let me repeat that. Number 13, what good habits do I want to cultivate? Number 14, what opportunities am I looking for? Let me tell you something. If you're not out there looking for opportunity, it's not going to knock you over the head. You got to get out there and look for it. So what opportunities are you looking for? Number 15, how can you create these opportunities? You can't just sit at your house and wait for someone to knock on your door with the opportunity of a lifetime. You need to start thinking about, okay, how can I create these opportunities? Right? Who can I get in front of that can help me? That's how you create some of these opportunities. Don't just sit around and wait for someone to, to, to invite you to give you a million dollars. It's not going to happen like that. you got to get out there and figure out how you can create these opportunities. Number 15, how can you create these opportunities? Number 16, what would you do if you couldn't fail? If there were no limitations on money, resources, time, or networks? If you could do anything in the world, what is it that you would do? 
Let me repeat that. Number 16, what would you do if you couldn't fail? If there were no limitations on money, resources, time, or networks. If you could do anything you wanted to do in the world, what would it be? Number 17, what are your biggest goals and what's stopping you from pursuing them? Very important question. What are your biggest goals and what is stopping you from pursuing them? Number 18, what do you want to achieve one year from now, three years from now, and five years from now? See, this will be your roadmap. Hear what I'm saying? This will be your roadmap. And if you don't have a map, then guess what? You're going nowhere fast. So it's very important that you write down what it is that you want to achieve one year from now, three years from now, or five years from now. If you can't come up with nothing, guess where you'll be in five years? The same place you're at right now. All right? Now, I want you guys to really make sure you write these questions down and you journal them. You answer these questions and you look over your answers every single day. I can promise you this. If you answer these questions, they will help lead you in a direction that you need to go. All right. Well, that's all that we have for this show. Want to remind you, you can go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows at www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you have three friends that could have benefited from what we talked about today. Yes, you do. Maybe some of your friends are the critics and the doubters that we talked about today. Make sure you share this with them. Tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this show on or Tell them that they can just go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or find me in the iTunes store and re-listen to the message that we talked about today, all right? We want our friends to improve and get better just as we are improving and getting better, all right? And the quote that I'm going to end today's show with is, be thankful of the people who told you that you couldn't do it because of them. It gives you the determination to prove them all wrong. And that's exactly what we're about to do. We are about to prove all the haters and the critics wrong. All right. Thank you much. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.